So, here we are, tromping in the woods again. This week, the topic, of course, is sexual predation and the role of men in the alleged acts by famous people. Let's begin with something pretty obvious, but just to settle the issue and move along. Men are ruled by sex. It's a nature, it's a natural thing that we face by the time, or starting when we reach puberty. And contrary to popular belief, we're not ruled by our nether regions. We're actually ruled by our eyes, what they see and what they interpret. And we're wired, hardwired, in some biolo biologist's views, to essentially focus on sexuality, irrespective, in many cases, of emotional attachment or even relationships. Therefore, the people who tend to hire the services of prostitutes are overwhelmingly men because they're the ones who can divorce the emotional connection with another human being from a sexual act. Okay, that said, we're all, in a sense, wired in a particular way, perhaps differently than women, but there is still a lot of common ground um, as women become more assertive and confident in their approach, they explain to men, sometimes, men even hear it, what they like and what they don't like. And clearly, no one wants to feel that they have been preyed upon by some other person. In particular, when, because men tend to have much greater power, much uh, wider field of action from their position beyond just their gender, but their office, their job, uh, the relationship with a woman, and in many cases, the differences of age. Some men fall prey to that. How many? It's difficult to say. Clearly, well more than enough to say we have a problem here on a societal basis. These issues become more serious when you're dealing with significant differences of power. Um, when Bill Clinton had his relationship with Monica Lewinsky, she was an intern. He was the President of the United States. It's difficult to state a wider gulf between a person of power and a person who is powerless. And no matter whether that relationship was at times consensual, you have to understand that her participation in that relationship was within the paradigm of that power differential. Was Bill Clinton Exploiting her? Absolutely. Was she willing? That's more difficult to say, but certainly the fact that he was president of the United States, as well as, from many accounts, a charismatic figure, that complicates the issue. In the past few weeks, we've heard of many, many stories of abuse and predation of a sexual nature by rich powerful and famous men. They cut across the political spectrum, and we should not necessarily be surprised that these things take place, but surprised when they do emerge, when women come forward, particularly a number of women who explain that they have been preyed upon by a man in roughly the same way and in the same type of circumstance. That lends credibility to the complaints 
that these men had harassed them and even assaulted them. But of course, the complexity of this situation has to be enhanced by politics. So we have people asserting an equivalence between, so far, I think it's nine women have come forward to complain about uh, Judge Roy Moore in Alabama uh, hitting upon them when they were much younger than him, when he hit upon an eighth grader. And on the other side of the political spectrum, Al Franken admitting that he had somehow been acting inappropriately with a, a woman as part of a USO tour. He's not fully agreed with her the particular points of evidence she has presented, but he has not strongly contested them either. And he has apologized to her in public and to her personally, at least through writing, and has offered to meet with her. This, of course, gets mixed up in politics so that people on the left and the right use these examples for their own purposes. I think we need to re-examine that and we need to get back to what, what is really happening in these relationships. Can we bring some better understanding and nuance to these situations? A 30-ish man who tries to court teenage girls, particularly younger teenage girls, is in a different class than a, an adult actor, comedian, presumably hitting upon a woman in the middle of a rehearsal or posing for a completely tasteless and derogatory photograph while they're on their flight home. While these come from the same place, that is, men are ruled by something other than their emotional intelligence, they are of a different degree and to some, in some ways, a different character. What do we do about that? What are the implications of that? That's the question that we're all grappling with. It gets mixed up in politics because some people love the positions and the approach of each of these men and others loathe them. And so when you layer on that emotionally charged, most intimate type of crime into this situation, everyone amplifies their feelings many, many times. Part of me says there should be zero tolerance that if we're gonna say women are not to be treated in this way, then that rule must be absolute. And that any infraction of that rule means that the person who is the perpetrator needs to be punished in a way that is appropriate to the crime. And that mitigating circumstances don't necessarily enter in. Judge Roy Moore should not be elected to the Senate of the United States and uh, on one hand, and on the other hand, Al Franken should resign his seat from the Senate. Another part of me says these are different situations, different types of actions, different patterns of behavior. Again, we don't have the full evidence. In many cases, I suspect we're not going to get it. So we have to go with what we know right now in light of where we might go in the future. Whether it's Harvey Weinstein, Donald Trump, Roy Moore, accusations against them are of repeated acts that are inappropriate, harassing, and predatory. So far, Al Franken has been accused of one such incident, and not on the same scale. He did not make lewd comments. He did not uh, expose himself. But what he did was wrong. It clearly did not respect the personal security of the woman who has come forth with these accusations. And he also has recognized that he did not act honorably and has apologized for that. 
Harvey Weinstein kind of moved in that direction, but not very far. Mostly saying that it was kind of an illness and he was going to check himself into a lavish place to be able to get therapy to help repair his own psyche. Well, that's great, but it doesn't say anything to or for the dozens of women that have come forth and said, yes, I was preyed upon by this man. The same is true for Roy Moore, where he has basically den flatly denied the facts of the case. Actually, Roy Moore presents a different situation where he flatly defies the facts of this case and w wishes to make it a he said, she said situation. The problem is the she's number nine and they keep growing every few days. That lends credence to the accusers in the circumstances of these encounters that were variations on the same theme. Whether he was trying to grope them behind a restaurant or calling them up at school to ask them out for a date, etc. And then we come to Donald Trump, who has denied what he expressed as his exploits in a recording that was published about a year ago. He didn't define any number of women who were involved, but clearly there were several, to say the least. And he was amazingly proud of his ability to grab women, to kiss them, and the publication of that recording prompted many women to come forward and say, this is what happened to me. This is how I was seated on an airplane and the person in the next seat started groping me and touching me in a wildly inappropriate way. I was sitting in a restaurant and the person next to me, who was not part of my party, was groping me in an extraordinarily invasive way. What do we make of that? I think the distinction is the question of pattern. None of these are excusable, but some are worthy of significant punishment and others are worthy of punishment. Al Franken clearly was a bore and he clearly did not respect in the moment the woman that he was hitting upon in rehearsal or while they were flying back home on an airplane. Unfortunately for him and for her, especially for her, there's a photograph of him looking like he's about to grab her breasts as she's asleep on the plane and that she didn't know about this until later when the photograph was published, literally published on a commemorative CD of that trip. Imagine the sense of violation she must have felt. So Al Franken is very much worthy of punishment for these actions of their type and the approach that he took without her consent. But what about the serial predator, the groper, the man who makes unwanted advances, gestures to a woman who touches her inappropriately in ways that would in many places get you fired, perhaps even charged for a crime. Donald Trump seems to have avoided all of that by the mere fact that the tape was published and even though women came forward with corroborating accounts, he still won the election. And the Republicans who voted for him as well as many independents and even a few Democrats, are complicit, in a way, with glossing over the crimes that he had committed. Judge Moore is still, still waiting upon the verdict of the voters of Alabama. And because there's so many other issues involved here, his political stance, his religiosity, it's going to be difficult to say, well, what does this really mean? 
whether he wins or whether he loses. But these are very visible, famous, powerful men. And we can add to their number Roger Ailes, Bill O'Reilly, Kevin Spacey, who have taken advantage of their position and their power to prey upon other people sexually because of that differential in power. They're famous, they're powerful. None of them is going to lose their ability to have dinner to pay their rent next month. Oh, granted, in many cases their careers have been adversely affected. Their fall from power in some cases has been precipitous. But generally speaking, while they're going to suffer some, they're not going to suffer as much as the people that they preyed upon, particularly when those actions were repeated again and again and again to different women. Which comes to, in my mind, a consideration of what about the people who are not famous, the men who, while they may have power, there may be a differential in power between them and the women they prey upon, they are not going to be outed in the same way. Because if you're running the night shift at a restaurant and you hit upon the waitress, she may be able to say something about it, rebuff you, even go to HR. Maybe HR in these circumstances can deal with it. But in many, many cases, far too many cases, women feel they don't have that as an avenue of redress. That's really where the notion of zero tolerance enters in. For if we tolerate it even a little, we give license to these men who are not famous, but still have the power differential with their victims, prey upon them. So therefore, the men who are accused of these act acts in a credible way really need to be highlighted and punished in some fashion. The punishment may not be legal, much less criminal, but it nonetheless has to be real. In my mind, that's the real crime. That's the thing that needs to be highlighted, addressed, and fixed. The difficult thing will be bringing the nuance necessary to differentiate those that have made a mistake to those that have a serial predatory problem.